Somebody asked me uh, yesterday um, why, if, if there's so many restrictions and limitations on what you can tell a non-Jew, why is it that there's this, uh, this commonly accepted concept of a Shabbos guy? Where does all that come from? So that opens up a very important area that we haven't talked about yet, which is this. The Shabbos guy and the misunderstanding about uh, Amir La'akum comes from the fact that in very cold regions, um, you are allowed to ask a guy, have a guy come and do malacha for you to light the furnace. And that's because of a halacha of hakol cholim eitzel tzina. When it comes to cold, everybody, including somebody who is not yet sick, uh, is considered to be sick, meaning we're vulnerable, and therefore uh, the halacha of malachas akum doesn't apply to a chola, to somebody who's sick. So therefore, when it's freezing cold, you're allowed to have a non-Jew come and, and do exactly what we say not to do, which is that he actually comes and lights a fire for you, and you directly benefit from it. There's no fire before, it's not something already there. He totally kindles it for you. You're allowed to do that. So in regions, so there, that's why you have Colin Powell and Donald, and Donald uh, Trump, who are uh, famous Chavez Goyim, because they were in Boston and in Queens, and they went around uh, lighting people's furnaces for, uh, on Chavez, and so what happened is that people were mostly Amaratzim, you know, that's the general public is usually not very nuanced in halacha, and they say, ah, oh, a guy can do whatever he wants on Chavez, and then what happens is, over, over time, everybody assumes that just having a guy around, and certainly the idea of remiza, the whole idea of hinting, people try to think it as some kind of a game, where they just say something, you know, really, which makes you look stupid, and makes the guy think you're stupid, and then you get him to do it, and it's okay. So it's really, so it's not that way. So that's, uh, that's really what, uh, that's how it all started. But meanwhile, we, we, we haven't mentioned yet the whole idea of, uh, of, of a chola. First of all, if we're talking about somebody who's even a suffix, pikuach nefesh, even a Jew should be mechala Shabbos to, or in order to alleviate the, uh, the possible uh, nefesh, but uh, we're talking about nefesh. But if we're not talking about pikuach nefesh, just a sick person, then uh, this this isurabanan melachasakum doesn't apply. Um, w- w- one of the common common problems that comes up is a well-intentioned a guy who perhaps is working in a house and uh, they're cleaning a room on Shabbos and the lights are on because you left them on before Shabbos. And then the guy doing what they normally do is they walk out and they turn off the light. And the second they turn it off, they realize, oy vey, and they turn it back on. So now, is it a shayla? They turned on a light for a Jew. It was, a, it was dark because they made it dark. They turned on the light for the Jew. So now, is the Jew allowed to benefit from that light? So the poskim say that that's not considered to be having done it for the Jew, meaning the guy is trying to fix the damage that he did. The damage was that he unintentionally turned it off. So when he turns it on, he's not doing it on behalf of the Jew. He's doing it just to undo the damage that he did. Maybe he doesn't want, to, uh, he doesn't want the, his uh, Jewish employer to think ill of him, or he's dumb, he's, uh, he just feels bad that he made a mistake, but he's not doing it for the Jew. And therefore, in such a case, it's okay. Now, the, uh, it, it might even be, some post can hold it might even be okay to be Maramiz, Derek Tzivoy. Why did you turn off the light? Right, which is a pretty, a pretty strong uh, remez, because there, when he turns it back on, he, again, he's just repairing his damage, as opposed to initiating an action on behalf of the Jews. Some place can hold you can go even that far. Um, what happens if you, you uh, asked a guy to do something for you before Shabbos? And he says, yes, sir. 
or yes, I will, I will, and not yes, sir. I don't want to. I'm not implying that he's subservient. He just says yes, and um, uh, and then he doesn't do it. And then he shows up on Saturday morning, and he says, "Oh, I'm, uh, you know, John, I'm sorry, I didn't do it yesterday." And he does it now. So, for example, you say, "Can you please make sure the lights are on in the in the uh, in the uh, dining room uh, before Shabbos? Please make sure they're on on Friday afternoon." He says, "Yes, I'll do that." And then he doesn't do it, and then he comes and does it the next day. So there. That already, so you could say, you never told him to do that, and, and, he, and he was supposed to have done it before, but there he's doing it for you. That, according to the postgim, is Usser. Um, the, um, there's, a, there's a very big, uh, there's another area where people uh, end up learning the wrong halacha by what they see, and that's because they go to shul. Don't ever do what you see in shul at home. Meaning, gayim in shul, and what they do for us in shul, is based on a combination of heterim which are questionable, by the way. It's not, it's not widely, it's not, it's not accepted by all poskim. But there's two things that go on in shul that make it, that make it more lenient. One is that we hope that it's sarach mitzvah, meaning that what the guy is doing is allowing a mitzvah to take place. And so what, who, who cares? So what? Who said that you can do it for sarach mitzvah? So there's a, there's a minority shita that's quoted by the Ramah, known as the famous Baal Ha'itur. Depend, there's a machlok is how to interpret a particular gemara. And the Bali Itur interprets it in such a way that for the, to ask a guy to do something for letzorach mitzvah is mutter. So the Ramah says, it brings down that opinion, and he also says it's appropriate to be strict and not to use that, not to rely on that heter at all. So letzorach mitzvah, that's number one. And uh, n- number two is tzorach rabim, the community. So when we're dealing with a community, um, and we're dealing with a mitzvah like davening, so there are many who are, this has been uh, for hundreds of years, the post came, uh, hundreds of years ago actually talk about this. What's the heter? Why, why is it that we have Gaim come and light the candles before Ne'ilah? Why, why, what, what's the basis of it? And they struggle with it. And many poskim held it was a mistake. And other poskim said, it's a mistake, but we have to find a heter because everybody's doing it. And there must be a reason for it. So we have to find a heter. So they come up with the combination of tzorach mitzvah, tzorach rabim, and so on and so forth. So, uh, but that's, whatever it is, that's in shul. And, and, and whatever you see going on in shul, don't copy at home because at home those heterim don't apply. The Tzorach Mitzvah might apply, but it's brought, almost all the posts can agree that we should not rely on that unless it's mamish, a really a t- tremendous shasad chak. So, um, so whatever you see in shul needs its own explanation. Not everything in shul, by the way, it's a very difficult thing. I, I can tell you from my point of view as a rev in the shul, uh, you, you can't teach goyim hilchas Shabbos, right? So you tell them, you tell them certain things and then you hope that they follow those guidelines, and sometimes I'll come in at uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, on Shabbos afternoon, and they're doing things that uh, we don't want them to do, but uh, and we have to explain it to them. And sometimes they're doing things that they're allowed to do, but they're doing them in front of uh, everybody else, and it's mamish, not Shabbos, which is another issue, but that's not a halacha. That's just a common sense, common Jewish sense, and I don't expect going to have common Jewish sense. Anyway, so those, I'm just saying, don't learn from what you see in Shul. Uh,